0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. This episode is more about some thoughts I have going through my head right now as I'm putting together this class called the Compassionate Lightworker Language class. It's a high in demand class from my membership to put together about how to message sensitive information compassionately, that fine balance of honoring Spirit's message, but then also You know, being compassionate enough in our delivery of sensitive information that we're not re-traumatizing or causing harm for people in vulnerable situations who come see mediums, um, you know, for the evidence that life continues and for those transformational messages that are part of the holistic grieving process and healing process through grief um you know as mediums we do hold quite a bit of responsibility in psychics as well all healers all light workers especially in unregulated industries we are all in unregulated industries when we're doing mediumship and psychic work and tarot and you know astrology and we do have a responsibility as readers to not only honor spirit's messages, but also honor the human in front of us whose spirit has aligned for us to be of service. So this has been a really interesting conversation we've had in different spaces I've led in the past. We've had really healthy discussions around this. You know, do you just give it like you get it? Or do you take into consideration that compassion and care Um, When we're dealing with other humans as well, because yes, we absolutely have a responsibility to the spirit world. And yes, we are held and bound by certain ethics and integrity when it comes to this work on behalf of the world of spirit. But we also have a certain level of responsibility when it comes to our sitters as well and their experience and making sure that we are prepared to be able to hold compassionate space for those who are in vulnerable and sensitive situations and positions in life. So as I've been preparing for this class and all the different ways I could take it, and this goes from like rephrasing more common um, things that come through, like people who pass a tragedy or people who cross themselves over or people who suffered with addictions or if there's abuse involved, there's a lot of different sensitive information and evidence that moves through Lightworkers and about how we can deliver that in a way that is not re-traumatizing or re-triggering, but through a compassionate lens So that we're just giving facts that need to be said to make that connection strong between us sitter and the spirit world and obviously wouldn't come through if spirit wasn't impressing it upon us. So as I've been putting together these classes and this class in particular is a two hour workshop, I've been thinking about all the different readings I've had over the years. Um, as you know by now I'm an experiential teacher, so I only teach based off of my lived experiences and my limited understanding of those experiences with where I'm at today. Um, because of course the more we experience, the more we expand, the more our beliefs expand, the more things kind of shift for us. So always with that disclaimer of, you know, this is my beliefs from today based off of my experiences and my understanding of these experiences, but my understanding will continue to expand. Um I've been thinking about a lot of the readings I've had in the past, and it just blows me away that spirit and the language of spirit is so diverse. It is so limitless. And that's what blows me away. One of the things that I think about when I'm teaching newly developing mediums, so mediums who are very aware of the English language. I only teach mediumship in English, so I'm using that as my reference point which is a very limiting language anyways, (laughs) very limiting. You may not know this, but in some indigenous cultures, there are over 25 different words for genders in our cultures. Like I'm talking about the indigenous culture and, you know, here in English, we're trying to fit it between two. And we're just finally expanding now beyond two ways of describing genders, male and female in our indigenous cultures. We've never been limited Two two ways of describing gender, we've had more than 20 different words that describe the nuance of that human experience. So just already letting you know that English is already a limited language that we have to work with anyways. And you'll hear people who who come in from different languages and English is their second language and they struggle to find certain words that truly describe the nuance of a word that is well described in deeper context in their original language. So just recognizing and calling it out how limited English is anyways. But one of the interesting things that I personally experienced and a lot of different Developing mediums experience is learning how to speak on behalf of the world of spirit. When, I'm running the initiation for the last time right now. This is my tenth time running the initiation, which is my mediumship foundations. I'm going to be moving to a more intimate training model next year in 2024. Less big program, more intimate, like walking people, handing like holding their hand, walking people through their development more intimately and and deeper is moving into next year, um, and I'm really really excited about that. But one of the first things I tell developing mediums is just learn to speak. What you are experiencing. I don't think you understand how difficult sometimes it can be to just speak what you are experiencing, those spiritual impressions, because we're moving beyond the five typical senses that we use to analyze the world, what we, what we taste, right? What we smell, what we see, what we can touch. Like those are like the five physical senses. And now all of a sudden we're blending with the world of spirit. And not only do we have these five senses, but we have these extra senses, these more, um, you know, senses around the knowing and the inner world seeing the inner world here hearing the inner world sensing that feels foreign to us it's like not only do we have to decide what we feel like and sense like that day but be so aware of our experience in that day that we will be able to be able to discern which is those extra senses Um, A foreign energy coming in and then relaying what we are experiencing as they are blending with us that is really tricky and one of the hardest things to get developing mediums to do is to just speak (laughs) just speak just start talking start learning how to share what you are experiencing that is really going to be a first step and you may not be able to tell by now but I am a chatterbox I am very rarely a loss for words And I remember my second ever time sitting on behalf of the world of spirit in a mediumship training setting. And I remember looking at my partner and we had 20 minutes to connect. And the only words that came out of my mouth were, I see a tree. And I could not be moved beyond those words. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to expand on what I was experiencing. I didn't know how to put words to what I was experiencing. So one of the first skills that we learn in mediumship development is just learning to express what we are experiencing. And we would think that we would be masters at it because we've been talking for X amount of years. I mean, for me, it was 31 years old when I first started training in mediumship and developing my gifts into abilities. And it, it was the wildest thing. I'm like, do I know how to talk? <laughs> and so when we talk about like language is no barrier barrier for the spirit world it's not it's a barrier for us in this lived experience and hopefully what i just described can tell you why so over you know my development journey for the first 4 years was really spent getting to know my energy the world of energy what spirit's energy felt like and then learning to build out my vocabulary to be a service to the world of spirit and learn how to talk as I am experiencing and trying to express what I'm experiencing at the same time. And that's essentially what that skill of working for the public is, is being able to relay that information. Now, everyone has the ability for mediumship. It's just energy and it's free. And like, we don't have any limitations on who can access mediumship and who can't, it's just energy. But I do believe that working for the public and providing readings is a different skill set that possibly everybody is not um, you know, suitable for. So when we are working for the public, when we are saying I'm not only going to be learning about the abilities of mediumship, but I'm going to be serving the world of spirit in a traditional reading setting. Again, not everyone who develops mediumship will end up doing that. Some people will just take their lessons on what they learned about energy and spirit communication and spirit connection and take it into their day jobs or take it into their own private practices of what they already have going on. Not everyone who trains in mediumship is meant to be doing private sittings in the way that you see on TV or the way that I do them. But everyone can benefit so much from learning about the world of energy and the world of mediumship. Absolutely. So I know for myself, building out that vocabulary and putting myself in those vulnerable situations to clumsily move along those first few years of connections you know, were very profound for me. So I was uh, as I was putting together this class and I've been thinking about things and looking back at my experiences, reflecting on my experiencing experiences, even looking at what my membership is up to and, you know, seeing what they're navigating. And there was even a situation with one of my na- my members um, where they were experiencing some external like external critique and having to address that publicly so that's for sure going to make it in the workshop too this is how i put together my things um you know it was interesting the other day because i listen to caroline miss a lot she's the spiritual teacher of my heart i'm going on retreat with her in two weeks um a lot of my body of work is absolutely inspired by her body of work even though she is not a medium does not do mediumship training her work has supported me in my mediumship and my personal growth that is required to be a working a professional medium like no other teacher out there in the world so she is the teacher of my heart and I'm in her membership and I listen to her lectures every single week I'm listening to a new lecture so I was listening to her archetypes lecture last week um, this course she has in her membership and of course (laughs) the first thing I do in the morning as I'm getting ready I put on the lesson and the first thing she says is the only limitation to your healing is your vocabulary And it was like this mic drop went off in my head and I understood it in a minute because it's not something I think people would understand if they heard it. It may not even impact them that much. But I understood that early in my mediumship, the only limitation to me being of true service, of true value to the world of spirit was my vocabulary, getting my words together, getting how I express what I'm experiencing together and I could see very clearly how my limitation to being a medium was simply learning how to speak this language of spirit this language of soul which is a which is a language we all recognize and we all know very intimately it's a remembrance is what we're doing through mediumship development we are remembering this language of spirit and so I have been you know consuming language and and words for the past few years and in the past year specifically you know Brene Brown just came out with that book Atlas of the Heart where she's talking about like the nuance of the different languages around emotions hugely impactful for me Caroline two years ago came out with her mind-blowing book um holy language to change your life and it just takes you to all depths of the world of language and I feel like as as you know readers as as healers as light workers who are here to be a voice for the voiceless it is part of our personal development journey to continue to expand what is accessible to us when it comes to you know expression self-expression learning emotional intelligence taking the not so beautiful experiences that we have and understanding that every experience that we have in our life is something that can be put to use of the world of spirit in the healing work that we do what is for us is not just for us anymore as light workers. what is for us is to help other people to help other mentees who come into our path our life is not just for us anymore not trying to make us a martyr or anything like that but This personal development side, we cannot put aside when it comes to mediumship development because mediumship is so much more than expanding your aura out, blending with the world of spirit and just speaking what you are receiving. In the most simplest of terms, those are three steps of mediumship I could tell you and there's the code, but we know it's more than that. It's a lot more than that. And so these classes around language and spirit communication take us to a much deeper level of our development journey. And one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot are some of these readings I've had over the years where English was not a first language. I remember one of my first kitchen witch readings. I used to call myself a kitchen witch because I would just do readings at my kitchen table. I had no website, no social media. You would have had to have heard about me from someone else to get a reading with me. And that's how I operated my practice for many years, like three years. And um, this was four years into my development, by the way, before I opened up my services to the public. And I remember one of my first readings I had Um, It was actually through a translator. It was so difficult. (laughs) It was actually really tricky because it was very distracting for me. I wasn't, I'm used to being in flow. And if you can't tell, I tend to talk really fast. I don't take very many breaks. I could learn a lot about public speaking in that regard, but it was actually really difficult for me to work through the translator But what was beautiful is that though the loved ones in spirit only spoke Italian here in their human experience, they were still able to communicate with me enough to work through an Italian translator at the time. And though it was really sticky for me to work through that translator, it kind of blows my mind that, you know, they're able to bring through information that I can translate in English because that's the only language I unfortunately know and they didn't speak a lick of english when they were living like there is no barrier to that we are working through the transfer of thought the transfer of emotion the transfer of energy when we are working in a mediumistic way and so that always blew my mind i remember reading for this family who had a very tragic loss these were always pro bono readings that i did um you know very tragic loss spoke very little english and i worked just one-on-one directly with a woman who knew very little English. And I read for her multiple times. Every year on the anniversary of her loved one's passing, I would read for her for many years. And not only did it surprise me that language is not a barrier spirit to spirit and human to human. But like even after four years and four different sittings, how much more information that the spirit world can continue to bring through. So I know even early developing mediums in their first few years of mediumship have like this panic about like knowing information in advance. I don't want to know anything in advance. I don't want to know anything. And like that just feels like there's so much scarcity wrapped into that mindset. It's like, You know, I've been proven in 10 years of doing mediumship now that there is no scarcity. There is no limitation to what spirit could potentially bring through. I mean, I look at some of the days I've had, just days. I did a class last week that I said this exact thing. I said, you know, if I died today and I came through tomorrow a medium, there'd be a whole reading just on today so far. (laughs) Like I could do a whole reading just on the day I've had so far. So we need to start moving beyond these old paradigm, old limitations around mediumship and see less scarcity in it than, you know, we used to have like this checklist. Everyone pull out this information. Everyone go for like these five things and you suck if you don't go for these five things. It's like there's so much more we could bring through from the world of spirit. And I think part of that breaking down that limitation is also breaking down the limitation around language and knowing that, you know, spirit communication is heart centered. It's through love and compassion that we are able to make this connection. You cannot make a mediumship connection without that essence of love. You can't. That's why I can't pull through like all these different celebrities because there's no connection of love. If their loved one was sitting in front of me, for sure it could work. Right. But we need to have that love link. You have to have that link of love. I know too. Sometimes early mediums and early light workers get really frustrated with themselves because they're not able to diversify what they could potentially bring through. Like I keep pulling through all the same information, and the the logic says to focus more on doing mediumship, more readings, do more, 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 more. But maybe there's an opportunity to instead. Focus on the personal development and looking to expand your language, looking to expand, um, you know, what is possible for you to bring through, looking at how other mediums um, describe loved ones departed, looking at how other mediums or light workers describe how somebody passed away, um, you know, allowing yourself to be inspired in that personal development realm, not so much in that mediumship development um, container because we wanna break out of some some different habits or some limitations that we've created for ourselves. The other reason why I really wanted to put together this class is because, you know, I grew up in the 90s, I was born in the 80s, I'm tail end of Gen X. Um, too early for for millennial for sure (laughs) but like definitely not super gen x either i'm kind of one of those in between um spaces i i knew that's what they say the Zenial is it's like we knew a world without the internet um and we know a world with it right and i will say that i do believe compassion is at a risk right now i think we have less compassion today than we have had in decades past and here's my stance on this okay I remember the internet coming out Google came out I know we had like you know computers before and internet before in ancient ways but Google mainstream everyone can access free worldwide web and I remember it was the first time I ever saw racism clear as day come up was through a yahoo chat room and i remember being with my friend and being shocked at what was being said and i'm not going to go into details around it but that situation sticks out to me clear as day And, you know, we had bullying. I was severely bullied in school. I actually had to be homeschooled for my safety because I was bullied so severely in high school. Like, I get it. And I can't tell you how grateful I am. There was no Facebook. (laughs) There was no internet back then. I I mean it. We had pagers. There's no even cell phones. You had to have quarters or dimes and a pager to be able to get in touch with people or using the collect phone services. So then you kind of fast forward and now we're in like the online space. And I remember seeing a TED talk a couple years ago with Monica Lewinsky because essentially her scandal broke the same year Google came out. She was essentially the first person to be cyberbullied in a mass global scale online. Think about that for a second. And her whole TED Talk, which I think was in about 2017 Vancouver, um, she did this whole TED Talk about being bullied online, being the first person to be bullied on Google and online. And this campaign that she has been on to bring more compassion into the online space. And I will say that, you know, I'm very online. You know, I'm on TikTok a lot. I'm on um you know, Instagram quite a bit. I had a field day with Facebook for a long time. That was a very late Facebook adapter. Um, and we can see examples of people stepping out of compassion and leaning into aggression. You know, these keyboard warriors, people kind of saying things online to one another that I doubt we would ever say face-to-face in a grocery store lineup. And so we have examples around us that compassion is being moved to the side and only people who are conscious or... You know, healers at heart or, you know, maybe people who have experienced the lack of compassion in the world may be driven to incorporate more compassion. But I feel very much that on a global scale, we're becoming a lot more desensitized and less compassionate as a collective. And so I think it's important to hold on to compassion and have compassion be a guiding force when it comes to spirit communication and we don't need to follow the collective of becoming less compassionate to one another and to the world, and be more conscious in bringing more compassion into the light working space and being almost keepers of that compassion. And um, I don't know a single light worker that doesn't have it, by the way. But I am not just in a bubble with light workers. I'm very aware of world events. I'm very aware. Um, You know, as a mom, you have to be aware (laughs) of what we're up against, and how do we create more compassion at home, like within our children and within their lives? And I think the schools do a pretty good job of that. Um, Especially my kids' school; they're they're definitely very good at instilling compassion in school. So I am happy to see that. Happy to see that. But for us adults, I think we forget ourselves. And whenever I look at this lack of compassion being shared in the online space. I think about that. I'm like, would you be proud to show this to your child, this post? I think your child would be shocked. Let's make no mistake. This stuff is not disappearing from the internet. Like she's sticking. You know what I mean? And I think that there's a lot of examples out there where, yeah, yeah, people would rather be right than exercise compassion. Like this is the era that we're in right now. <laughs> so I am pro compassion and I am here to create something that has light workers anchor into and maintain that compassion. Hold it sacred. I think compassion is something that we need to hold sacred right now because she's at risk. She is at risk and we need more people committed to a compassionate lens in the world and a compassionate force when it comes to their light working so you know these are some thoughts that I've had as I am preparing this class I'm looking at lived experiences I'm looking at the world from a philosophical lens I'm looking at how I can create something that is tangible for people to walk away with as well and you know again, there are always compassionate ways that we can deliver even the hardest of information. And I think that i'm ready to start talking about this and i think that i have enough to share on this that i'm really excited to bring it into the collective next week and you can sign up for the class if you want as a one-off it's free if you're in the collective the membership um, if you can't join us next week it's a two-hour workshop um, where we're going to be workshopping coming up with the language around some of these common sensitive things that we deliver as light workers again When we pick up past abuse, when we pick up, you know, addictions, when we pick up self-sabotage, when we pick up a marriage failing, when we pick up, you know, a suicide, you know, how do we deliver this in a way that has compassion at its core? That's really what I want people to walk away with from this workshop and then changing a lot of the or, you know sharing a lot of the philosophy and all that fun stuff as well but it'll be available on my website too later to purchase and uh yeah I'm really excited about it so this episode is just simply some thoughts I've been coming to my mind as I've been preparing for this class putting it together um hopefully you find it interesting sound quality probably going to be a little bit rough on this one I'm recording on my phone voice note right now I'm at home working today because i'm working late tonight so i didn't go into spirit school where all my recording materials are but i didn't want to wait i like to do things in the inspired moment i hope you enjoyed the episode i would love to know what you have to share on this topic you can use on spotify um there's like some q a thing i don't know how to respond but i can see them (laughs) you can come into the free spirit school community if you want to talk about this episode as well um instagram a little bit slow to respond getting a little bit better and things will get a little bit better I'm switching up how I work next year to be more streamlined and simplified so there'll be less ways to work with me but for longer periods which I'm really excited about um and yeah I love it so have a great week I will see you on the next episode which will probably be your November spirit messages unless some inspiration hops in before then and yeah I hope you enjoy the content today and the topic Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.